Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. This is Mornings with Kale and Northern Colorado's Voice, 1310 KFKA. As Kelly Reagan writes in the NOCO Optimist, the Weld County Board of County Commissioners is one of the latest local government bodies to announce opposition to this collective bargaining bill in the works for public employees. By the way, uh, the Greeley City Council officially made their op- uh, opposition uh, known to the draft of the bill back in uh, February. Now, in a press release, the Weld County Commissioners cited high costs as their primary reason to oppose that proposal 808 now northern colorado's voice 1031-1310 kfka mornings with gail from the allo communication studios so uh what is the point of contention here i ask you nudge nudge wink wink already knowing that you know the answer but let's check in uh, with scott james uh, chair of the board of weld county commissioners Good morning, Mr. James. Good morning, Gail. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, why, thank you so much. So uh, work us through this collective bargaining bill. It is the Senate Bill 22230 uh, introduced uh, just yesterday, scheduled in, I'm sorry, two days ago, scheduled into uh, uh, into committee today uh, on the fast track, obviously signed by as, as, as next Thursday at the state legislature. Uh, what it allows is, is for, um, uh, well, it's interesting, the fact that what they say what it allows is for county employees to be able to collectively bargain. But there is no statute in Colorado law right now that prohibits uh, county employees from collectively bargaining. It's something they can do right now. Simply put, this is a solution looking for a problem, and dare I proffer, this is election year politics. Mm-hmm. Ten months ago, the AFL-CIO said, you know what, contributions to Democrats are cut off because we don't think that they have been a quote-unquote effective partner, and they say they will be cut off until May of 2022. Why, we're just a few days away from May of 2022. It is an election year, and our friends, the Democrats, need that sweetness that flows uh, from the labor unions. Here comes the payback in the form of punishment to Weld Counties, or not only to Weld County, but to, to counties. Uh, 62 of the 64 counties in the state of Colorado, represented by Colorado Counties Incorporated, which is at a strong oppose. Uh, if Don Warden, the director of Weld County Finance, if his predictions uh, lay out as true, and trust me, they always lay out as true, $600 million annually is what this could cost uh, uh, the counties in the state yes. of Colorado. Colorado and subsequently taxpayers. Uh, anyway. What about weld? Weld loan? How much? Uh, Thirty million cost? bucks. Thirty, 30 million. million bucks annually. And that's that's now. Now let me put that into terms. If if we have to find thirty million dollars to cut, because you know counties just can't go and generate more revenue. We are tied to, to Tabor as we should be. We are tied to a set revenue structure as we should be. So if you increase our expenses by thirty million dollars, we're going to have to find that thirty million dollars elsewhere. So guess what? We would have to eliminate such programs as planning and building inspections, weed control, animal control, extension agents, and 4-H. The county fair would have to go away. Parks and Trails and Bright Futures, Community Agency Grants, Economic Development, Juvenile Diversion, uh, Victim Advocate Services, Work Release, and Senior Coordinators, those programs would go away, and that only gets us halfway there. 
The assault continues, uh, the grand rural urban divide. And uh, it seems as though, not to put too fine a spin on it, Weld County must pay. As uh, once again, uh, we're under the microscope uh, in the bullseye, as we've seen with oil and gas and agriculture. When will this ever end? Yeah, speaking of that urban-rural divide, I find it fascinating that two of the larger urban counties in Denver County and Broomfield County, uh, the legislature says, well, you know, Denver and, and Broomfield, those are city counties, so therefore they are exempt from this legislation. Now, wait a minute. We say, why? Why are they exempt? And they say, because of their home rule nature. Oh, and politics is what came from Senate President Finberg's mouth. Well, this whole thing is just politics, and it stinks to high heaven. And, and, and guess who's going to be punished? The people of Colorado are going to be punished. But if if Broomfield and, and Denver are left out because of their home rule nature, now wait a minute. Well, county is a home rule county. Doesn't, correct, the same apply, doesn't the same apply to the counties? We asked them that. They said no. Hypocrisy. Yeah, absolute hypocrisy. Oh, speaking of hypocrisy, you got to love it, too, because uh, Polis and company crowing about the fact that uh, Coloradans <laughs> are going to get uh, their taper money as we deserve. And I had to wonder, as I was talking about that yesterday, Scott, uh, aren't these uh, some of the very same people that have been going after Tabor tooth and nail for decades? All of a sudden, the governor and the Democrats love Tabor because they, they can pull 400 bucks to buy your vote out of 2023 and move it into 2022. Ironic how they can pull a refund that would normally come in April of 2023. And we're just going to find a way to move the shells around, you know, on the three-card money that we're playing on the table. And we're going to move that over into 2022 just in time for election season. Now, guess what? These are refunds that the very same Democrats usually come to you and say, hey, this year, Colorado taxpayers, because you, can you just let us keep your refund? You know, you weren't going to do anything with it anyway. Let us keep your taper refunded, and we'll put it into schools and roads and bridges and the crap they never fulfill. But I don't feel passionate about it or anything like that. No, I can tell. And you know how I always enjoy pushing your buttons. <laughs> well, you're doing well. You're doing well. All right. So uh, speaking of buttons being pushed, wanted to ask you about this as well. Uh, what's going on with CDOT not including the North I-25 Corridor Transportation Project and what they are calling according to Miles Blumhart out of the Fort Collins, Colorado, and a once-in-a-lifetime federal funding opportunity. We have the IIJA, which I wasn't overly crazy about because all the money they printed up. But once they print the money up and uh, and, they, and they slop it out there in the trough, well, the you know the other pigs come running. So you just will get up there. We have a unique once in a lifetime opportunity to to finish uh, North I twenty five. What's going to be interesting is we're putting money into segments six, seven, and eight for the common person. Segments six, seven, and eight are just immediately south of Johnstown, all the way on up to uh, um, uh, Highway fourteen in Fort Collins. Those are segments six, seven, and eight. We're we're widening those. We're putting in six lanes now, and they're going to be in good shape. But we bottleneck it in segment five, which is basically berthed down to, to Longmont, where it, is six, uh, where it is six lanes now. We bottleneck it because they can't find, well, it used to be $250 million with inflation. Now it's probably about three twenty. And, and But you know what? In transportation terms, that's doable money. It's money that would be perfect for this, uh, for this mega grant. And for some reason, our friends at the Colorado Department of Transportation they have not decided to do that. I hear that 
Director Liu has what she calls North I-25 fatigue, because quite frankly, the North I-25 coalition, of which I'm proud to be the chair, has been very vocal through the years in, in advocating for this roadway. We have gotten together with private uh, sector industries, with municipalities who have put skin in the game, and with counties who have put skin in the game, and we have formed partnerships that have lasted, which is why I-25 is advancing now. If that gives the director fatigue, I'm sorry, but you still have a problem in segment five that needs to be funded, and the mega grant is the perfect reason to do so. So much so that Congressman Nagoose, we're talking a bipartisan coalition, Congressman Nagoose and Congressman Buck have joined our letter to the uh, uh, director saying, do not forego the mega grant opportunity. Oh, very nice, because I'm going to have the chance to talk with uh, Congressman Ken Buck, uh, I want to say, uh, on... Uh Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, tomorrow at 8.05, so I'll be sure to uh, bring that up. Please. Well, County Commissioner, Chairman of the Board, uh, Scott James. And Scott, I'd be seriously remiss uh, if uh, I didn't thank you for all of your time over the years. And, um, yeah, it's probably more years than we would love to admit to <laughs> because, oh, my gosh, I remember being over at uh, KCOL with Keith and uh, uh-huh. you very uh, graciously, as we started our morning show over there, bringing us on your morning show at uh, Big 97.9. But as you're probably aware, um, I am resigning my post here at Northern Colorado's Voice. 1310 KFKA on a Friday, and it's so bittersweet, Scott, because it's thanks to so many people just like you that uh, welcomed me into Weld County and uh, Greeley uh, six years ago, and just um, it's been such an incredible ride, such an amazing experience, and uh, all of my gratitude goes to you and uh, the other people who have put up with my dumb questions over the years (laughs) and been so gracious with their time. Gail, you have been an amazing voice for my beloved uh, uh, community and my beloved county, and you have been an advocate for northern Colorado. And, and uh, you and I have sat on the same side of the control board before. We have shared uh, uh, microphones, and we have certainly enjoyed our, our careers together. And uh, so, so it's interesting in the fact that you know we are, are both broadcasters, but it's interesting being on the other side of the interview spectrum from you. But you have always treated me with fairness and kindness, and you will be a voice and a sense of reason that is missed on the northern Colorado airwaves. And I sure wish you well and i know we won't lose touch because we're friends I, I i wish you well in your upcoming endeavors you're gonna you're gonna rock it no matter what you do <laughs> well again i appreciate uh, your friendship over the years as well and like i said it's uh, it's bittersweet i've spent uh, more than a few minutes with tears in my eyes this week but again <laughs> i am so so grateful uh to the great people of weld county and Greeley. and no i'm not going to go away anytime soon weld county my adopted county, Greeley, my adopted town. So, uh, Scott James, once again, thanks for all you do. I'll be watching. The pleasure has always been mine, Gil. I don't expect you to not watch. Thank you for, for holding us all accountable. There you go. Weld County Commissioner, Chairman of the Board. Scott James. 818 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, this time check sponsored by the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, uh, bringing you the epitome of the musical dinner theater experience. Find out what I'm talking about. Jump online, visit coloradocandlelight.com for tickets and upcoming show information. Candlelight Dinner Playhouse in Johnstown, Broadway in your backyard. 
One is an elite high school basketball coach. The other is an award-winning broadcaster. Clark and the Coach on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. And that's exactly what they do at the East Colorado SBDC. They're taking care of their business and helping you take care of yours. 838 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail, from the Allo Communications Studios. So pleased to be joined once again by Lisa Hudson, Director of the East Colorado SBDC. Hey, Miss Lisa. Good morning, Gail. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I uh, had a trip out to Burlington yesterday. Uh, as you know, my territory is pretty big. So yes, it is. The territory. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you know, how, you know how to have a good time, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> how are things in Burlington these days? They are so good. You know, um, I was out there visiting with stakeholders, and we are actually looking to host an event in August. For our rural entrepreneurs, it's called the Rural Entrepreneurship Summit, and um, we are going to host it in Burlington. We're partnering with the Southeast Colorado SBDC, and we're going to bus people up from La Junta and Lamar and um, have a full day of training. It's going to be great in August. Now, what are the parameters when you look at a uh, rural summit of that nature? How does it differ uh, from other summits that you host for small businesses uh, in other communities? Well, you know, this is something we used to host a, an event out east many years ago, and, and it went over really well. And now that we're in whatever stage of the business climate that we're in post-pandemic, <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, you know, we, we decided it's time to, to bring that back and host something out east, provide an all-day opportunity for entrepreneurs and small business owners to connect, to learn, to see each other face-to-face. Mm. And I think it's going to be a wonderful event um, just to, to get out there and see people again. Well, I love how you flip the script on that one because you refer to them as opportunities, not necessarily challenges. That's right. That's right. Always opportunity. Yep. There you go. Just, uh, you know, taking the high road there and uh, keeping things positive. All right. So we've got uh, Small Business Week. Uh, That's the first week in May. And, uh, well, you're celebrating with an event uh, in conjunction with the Greeley Area Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, we are. And, you know, we're hosting this event. It's called Employee Handbook, an overlooked business tool. And I couldn't agree more. You know, by putting a handbook into policy and procedure, it gives your employees the opportunity to better understand your business, know what their role is, understand their responsibilities, and really be able to fit into your business and and their work more quickly and more efficiently. So this is going to be a wonderful event. Um, it's on May 4th. May the 4th be with you, um, as my <laughs> friends at the Nerd Store say. Um, and it's going to be an early one. It'll be at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, how do we get information on that? And a follow-up question. Um, Micah, do we even have an employee handbook? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I will be there, Gail. Oh, That's what you're saying. <laughs> I know, right? And Micah just said, a what? <laughs> Yeah, so you can learn more about this event on our website at eastcoloradosbdc.com under the events tab. 
All right. And as uh, the East Colorado SBDC continues to grow and prosper, uh, you've got uh, two openings. Yes, we're going to have two openings posting. Um, So if you are looking for a job and you meet the qualifications for a full-time business consultant, we will have that one um, based in Weld County opening here within the next month. Um, And then I'm also hiring an associate director. Our beloved Tyla Benson is moving on. She's been with our program for eight years. Can you believe eight years? That's incredible. Um, I know she's she's moving on and um, she's taking on a new opportunity, which I'm really happy for her. Um, but we are, of course, sad to see her go. And um, Jeff Engel, who's my um, business consultant in Weld County, he actually is going to be the director of the Small Business Development Center in Grand Junction. Mm. So happy so, for him um, taking yeah. a step up and still being part of our network. Lots of changes in store, to be sure. All right. Now, you've also got uh, a couple of uh, leading-edge courses uh, starting in May. Uh, Tell us what those are and uh, what what we need to know about them. Yeah, so the leading-edge course is a strategic planning course. And at ESCO, we target industries for our leading-edge programs. So typically, they are um, four weeks. And it's one evening, usually a Tuesday or a Thursday evening, and um, for about three hours. So four weeks, three hours each week. And um, we go over how to, you know, engage your business um, in different industries. So first one we've got coming up is targeting any business that's in the creative landscape. So that could be food, that could be pottery, it could be painting. If you consider yourself a creative, this is the class for you. And it's learning how to engage your creative passion as a business. That is exciting and something to look forward to. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, e-commerce. Yeah, so the second one that we're hosting is e-commerce, expanding your revenue through online sales. So if you have a brick-and-mortar, even if you have a home-based business, and you're trying to figure out ways how to expand or diversify your revenue lines, e-commerce might be the solution for you, as we saw many business owners take up during the pandemic. So this course is specialized to help those entrepreneurs and small business owners really learn about having an e-commerce, um, an online store, and how to integrate that into your current business model. You know, I have a question for you, Lisa, as uh, we are with some trepidation and very gingerly edging our way back to uh, whatever normal is going to look like. And I loved how you phrased that. It's like the <laughs> whatever verse as we're uh, getting out of the pandemic. And of course, uh, we're still seeing uh, transmission of that uh, mutant variant of COVID-19. But again, uh, symptoms not as severe, thank heaven. But yeah. what is the state? of a small business across the state? You know, I think small businesses are going to be more prepared than ever moving forward to whatever comes our way, natural disaster, pandemic, you name it, we're ready. And I, I think that we're cautious about what the future holds, but I think we're also looking at what we can do to secure business and make entrepreneurs feel more safe. You know, shopping local is a great way to make sure to support your local economy. The other thing that I'm seeing some small businesses turning to um, is, you know, employee ownership and how that might strengthen their business and create a new business model for them to consider. So um, we do have some specialized consultants available if you are interested in learning more about employee ownership. 
845 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310 KFKA, joined by Lisa Hudson, Director of the East Colorado SBDC. And it's with a heavy heart, Lisa, as I know you're aware, speaking of moving on to new (laughs) opportunities and challenges, I'll be doing that uh, effective at the end of my show on uh, Friday. And again, it's very bittersweet because I will so miss the conversations I have had with so many of the great people uh, in Greeley, Wild County, Larimer County, and beyond, because you're not only experts in your fields, but you've become friends. And I can't thank you enough, Lisa Hudson, Director of the East Colorado SBDC, for all that you and your colleagues do for so many. Thank you so much, Gail. And I am going to truly miss our airtime with you. You've been an amazing host and um, always a good conversation. Oh, thank you so much. That means the world. So best of luck to you. And uh, yeah, I'll still be around because, again, I have adopted uh, Weld County and uh, Greeley as my home. I mean, the people here are just so incredible. And it's a really tough choice. But sometimes you got to make those decisions, right? That's right. That is right. Well, thank you so much, Gail. And I wish you the very best in your future endeavors. Right back to you, Lisa Hudson, East Colorado SBDC Director. 846 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA. If you miss any portion of Mornings with Gail, go to 1310kfka.com to download the podcast today. Back to Gail. All right, question for you this morning. Are you a fan of plastic bags, or do you think they're an abomination of mankind? Well, no matter how you feel about them, it's almost time for Fort Collins grocery stores to ditch them. Eight, uh, 8.52 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310 KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. We're from Peace Out of the Coloradan uh, by J.C. Marmaduke. Yeah, the city's plastic bag ban takes effect at large grocers on Sunday, May 1st, just right around the corner. On the same day, grocery stores and city limits will start charging 10 cents for paper bags. Oh, it just gets better. Or worse. The new policy is the result of a 2021 voter-approved ballot measure. So uh, what do you need to know about the bag ban, the plastic bag ban in Fort Collins? Well, it applies to 19, count them, 19 grocery stores in Fort Collins, including all Walmart Target, King Supers, Safeway, and Sprouts locations, as well as Lucky's Market, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods. Grocers impacted by the ban are at least 10,000 square feet in size and sell at least four of the following food types. We're talking staple foods, meat, produce, dairy, frozen food, or other perishable items for human consumption. So the plastic bag ban applies only to single-use point-of-sale plastic bags. Are you thinking about hoarding them? Come on, fess up now. 970-353-1310. Drop me a text, 888-530-0043, because we have a variety of uses for plastic bags beyond just bringing our grocery home, our groceries home, right? And if you're like me, you have a drawer full of them. 
doesn't apply, this ban, to trash bags or bags for bulk items, produce, or medication. So who is exempted from the paper bag fee? Well, anyone who participates in a local, state, or federal income-qualified government assistance program is exempt. That includes Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for uh, women, infants, and uh, children, and Health First Colorado, this is Colorado's Medicaid program, among others. And to prove eligibility, you'll need to show your benefits card. Or if you're using local income qualified programs, you can just show the cashier uh, the Get Foco app on your phone. So who gets the money from the paper bag fee? Well, the city is splitting the fee with grocers a 60-40, with the larger share going to the city. The six cents per bag is meant to cover the cost of the program implementation for the city of Fort Collins, including consumer education and distribution of free reusable bags. The program is meant to be revenue neutral for the city meaning it creates neither profit nor uncovered expense. The grocers are expected to spend their four-cent share on signage, employee training, and promotion of reusable bags. So why is the city doing this? Well... Fort Collins City Council put the bag ban measure on the 2021 ballot in an effort to reduce plastic pollution and help the city achieve its goal of zero waste by 2030. Now, admittedly, plastic bags make up a very small portion of the waste stream, but the city apparently can't reach zero waste without addressing Every single piece of the pie. Council members who supported the ballot measure were also concerned about micro uh, plastics pollution and plastic bag littering and about uh, 60% by the way of Fort Collins voters approved that ban. Oh and finally what about self-checkout? You can bring your own bags or use the paper bags if you use paper the system will prompt you, it just gets more complicated, to input how many bags you used for your order and then the fee for those uh, paper bags will indeed appear on your receipt. If you're exempted from the fee you won't have to pay for it at checkout if you once again show proof that you receive income qualified assistance. So there you go. Fort Collins plastic bag ban goes into effect May 1st. 857 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA. It's baseball season, and the Colorado Rockies can be heard on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. All right, so you have the Phils uh, beating the Rockies 10 to 3. Can the Rockies come roaring back? Well, we'll find out as uh, we'll have Rockies Phillies coverage right here on Northern Colorado's Voice 1031 1310 KFKA coverage starting at 845. Big shout out to Micah Kilpatrick at the con doing yeoman's work this morning. Thank you so much. So what are you going to do? Lock it right here. No co now coming your way next.